September 2023. We are in the studio. We are right here. Yes. A um, couple things for the show this week. It's a interview that I did with a driver the other day. He called in um, kind of like an anonymous driver calling in a tip, like kind of an informant type of information that he wanted to divulge on the show. Um, and so I have that and it's, it's really a crazy kind of an interview about what's going on with his company and the rules that they're breaking. And if DOT found out about it, there'd be like, you know, major shutdown. But anyways, I've got that. Um, I've got a list of the, um, slipperiest states to drive in. And the number one that has the most deaths is going to blow your brains away. It, it's going to blow your mind. I, I need my brains now. Okay. Well, we won't blow your brains away, but it, it will be good. And then um, a couple other things. You've got this week's word of the day. And you've got the place to visit for truckers. Uh, Iowa. What's the Iowa? The state Iowa. of Iowa. And then... Uh, That'll be the show, I guess, if we can get through it. I hope we do. All right. Um, how about we mention our sponsors real quick? Just really fast. We've got National Carriers. Their phone number is 888-311-7076. And this is a company that has all Kenworth T680s, and they are looking for drivers that are lease company and even some students. Call them, 888-311-7076. Ruth Ann Carter Lumber, all local positions, 160 or 180 plus locations in the United States. Chances are they have a local job for you if you have a Class A, Class B, and they even have some non-CDL driving jobs. Go to carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. Truck Parking Club, Ruth Ann, they've been taking the country by storm, solving one of the United States' biggest trucking industry problems and that's for truckers to find places to park check them out at truckparkingclub.com if you're a landowner they're always looking for more landowners that want to allow truckers to park on their land and uh, obviously get paid for it if you're a truck driver it's free to join truckparkingclub.com in a pinch in a second if you can't find a place to park go online and they'll have one for you Last but not least, Ruth Ann, DriveWise, that's D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E, D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E.com. Check them out today. They are the biggest and the best at helping truckers avoid scale houses, way scales, and um, you don't have to be a big company to download the app. It's just an app-based company. It could be an owner-operator, a lease driver. They also have... Uh, other things in their system where they help you avoid certain roads, safety safety aspects of the uh, system. Download it. A lot of it's free to use. Uh, drivewise.com. Ruthann, on with the show. Let's get going. We are. We're going, girl. Um, you know what's, what's funny is I had a trucking company call me this week. Oh, a lot of phone calls this week from Evidently. trucking industry people. This trucking company called me, um, I won't mention their name, it's kind of a weird thing, it was a safety director was telling me he got threatened by a driver. What happened was he was told to terminate a driver. This driver had been with the company three years. Wow. Three years, but here's the problem. A lot of drivers get complacent when they're with a company. And I guess this driver was taking a lot of time off. He was cutting out early, not running loads like he was supposed to. In fact, you know, his paychecks were down, but he was, he was happy with his job. But he wasn't performing to his capability that the job hired him for. That is correct. Now, this driver was kind of a local regional driver in the Chicago area. And he was telling, or the, the safety director was telling me that it wasn't the driver that threatened him, this particular driver. The driver that got fired 
he has a buddy that also works for the same company. And his buddy called the safety director up and told him, you better hope I don't see you. Okay, so uh, I, I guess I was misunderstanding you in the beginning because I thought the driver was the one that threatened, but you just clarified that it wasn't the driver. It was the driver's buddy. That is also a driver for the company. Okay, so two drivers for the company. One driver was getting fired. The other one was not getting fired, but he threatened the safety director with bodily harm for firing his friend, right? Correct. Okay. All right. I got it. I got it. Here's the weird thing about this. I mean, this that goes on a lot. Not. So I don't there's, think it, there's a weird thing yet. Well, I, well, I was gonna say I don't think uh, this particular incident goes on, but people get in fights in trucking. Yeah. I, I mean, it's every day. People are cursing each other out. You know, blah blah blah. But the weird part is. This guy that did the threatening, he still has his job. That's what I'm saying. There's still weird going on here? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is the weird part. He okay. still has his job. Um, the, apparently, the operations manager likes the driver that did the threatening. Not because he likes him, likes him. They're not buddies. But because the guy that threatened the safety director about his buddy being fired is actually a good driver. You know, as far as like... Right. He's a hustler. You know, He's he, doing his job. Correct. He And this is what the operations manager is like, trying to keep this guy on. But at the same time, everybody that we've talked to said, if this went on in any other trucking company, the operations manager would be fired. Because the operations manager, everybody should have taken the other driver and said, you're out. You don't, you cannot, this is how people end up, Doing something stupid in a trucking company besides running your mouth. Like walking in and maybe shooting people and exactly. doing, you know, yeah. bodily harm yeah. that if they've threatened you on. Correct. If somebody has the, the, the gall to make a threat on the telephone to their boss while they're still working there, I would say that guy's probably... A couple bolts loose of a tight screw. Yeah, he's he's literally capable of doing what he's saying. But anyways, remains to be seen. Just thought I'd bring that up. It was an interesting conversation that I had with this particular trucking company this week. And we'll keep you updated if somebody gets shot over there or if somebody actually gets terminated. But we'll uh, keep you updated on that. That's crazy. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was too. Moving on. Moving on. Um, I want to, I want to play this interview for you. I want to get, I want to get into this interview of this driver. So what's going on over there? Let me kind of give you the gist of what's going on with this truck driver that called in anonymously. He doesn't want his name. He works for a contract company and the contract company obviously is contracted with a big giant company. So they're under the big the big company's nationwide name, but this is a contractor that maybe has 50 trucks or something like that, 40 some trucks. Okay. So here's what the driver's claim is. And we're, you know, I'm going to play the interview for you in a second, but the claim is that, in fact, let me go a little further in explaining it. A lot of these companies are, a lot of these drivers are teamed they're teamed up with somebody. Okay. You know, back in the day, how a husband and wife team, a lot of people would say, Oh, well, she's just a log book mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the truck. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when even today, I would imagine that there's drivers out there that, you know, like a husband and wife team or friends or whatever, one might get tired as long as they don't have an inward facing camera. Who's going to know if they switch seats, right? Right. Okay. So that's happened. Yeah. And that's no surprise, but here's what's going on at this company. And in the interview, he's going to explain it, but his claim is that there are, and it's not just one driver. He's got firsthand experience with one driver, but he was saying there's other drivers doing it. What they're doing is as a driver, they have access to other drivers' login information. 
So, for example, if you team up with Trucker Chuck, teams up with Trucker Bob, right? They both can see each other's information on the computer screen, their password, everything, their their whole thing. They can see it, right? And so um, some drivers write it down, and then if you're not teaming with them that day, because they don't just run one specific partner. So what they'll do is if they run out of hours, if they're running solo or if they're teaming and they want to run more, they'll find out who's not on duty and they'll log in under that driver's name and they'll run down the road under some other truckers identification using his log hours and just assuming his name. Imagine if, if he got pulled over in that truck and he was running under trucker Tom's name and there is no trucker Tom in the cab as far as what a CDL. Right. <laughs> but this is what's going on um, with this one company and supposedly the mother company doesn't know about it. Anyways, I kind of gave you a lot on the interview. I'm going to go ahead and play this for you and for everybody else. Um, and then we'll talk about it. All right. Does that sound good? Sounds good. All right. Anonymous driver with us today. The driver wishes to be uh, remain anonymous, and he wants to tell a story about what's been going on with his company in the industry, and we thought we would bring it to our audience. So how you doing today, Mr. I'm just going to call you anonymous. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking, Troy. All right. Hey, um, so let me ask you, uh, I just want to get right into the situation because obviously drivers are wanting to know. Um, you had told me this morning, I'm just going to kind of give a little gist of it. You had, we had been talking this morning and you had told me that um, you, you work for a company, uh, a contractor that is leased onto another company and the uh, company that you drive under um, has some drivers, especially at least one driver that you know, specifically, personally, um, that when they run out of hours, they use a another driver's username and password to log into the system and gain their hours and run under their name for the next 10 hours, correct? That is correct. So go ahead and tell us what's, and, and this has happened to you numerous times. You've actually witnessed this happening. Yes, I have. He's, uh, he used my uh, personal username and ID number to do a lay down run to avoid from having to do a 10 uh, hour sleep break, which he told me that he used after he had used my name and number. And when I ran out of hours when I was running a team with him, well, I didn't run out of hours, but it was his turn to drive. I still had two hours left on my ELD. He went ahead and continued using the rest of my hours before he went ahead and logged in his own hours of duty. And then the next day when I got in the truck, my clock wasn't reset. I had to drive three hours on personal conveyance until my clock would would reset so I could gain hours, which caused the problem for me with the company that I had to explain. And and there's also times where you weren't even there and he logged in and used your name, correct? That is correct. On a couple occasions, and like I've only been driving with him for approximately five or six weeks, but he had proceeded to tell me that he has done this with other drivers, user IDs, and login information prior to me riding with him so he could get back home quickly instead of having to sleep in the truck for 10 hours. If this driver is able to log into other drivers' username and IDs when a driver is not in the truck with him if he's out of hours and run under that driver's name, it, it leads me to believe there's only one way he would even know uh, but he doesn't know for sure if you're driving. Obviously, the company has to be telling him, yeah, this guy's not on duty right now. Go ahead and use his name. That is correct. With that particular company, he, yes, he could do that. Or if he's had other drivers that he has, you know, teamed up with in the past and he kept a record of their login and username information, and he knows for a fact that those drivers are not driving for this particular contractor at the time. 
And, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier, um, legal advice, after I had talked to you, and, I, and they said the main company, okay, not the contractor, but the main company that they're leased to, they would be liable. So even though the contractor is the one committing the fraud, the, the mother company is liable for knowing. So the, the actual mother company would be liable because that's where the lawyers are going to go, obviously, after the bigger money. So um, and, and now, now let's go to that for a second. Uh, we're, we're not naming names. We're not naming the company. But you did sit down with the mother company and report this. So you did your diligence and you did what was right. And now they're investigating because, like you said, the mother company is very safety oriented. They, would, they definitely don't have knowledge of this of what's going on, but they do now and they're investigating it. Correct. That is correct. I brought it to the, what they call the BC business contact operations manager for this particular contractor that I found out aware of it over a month ago with a particular driver that I was driving with. He proceeded to tell me that he did the same thing, but on that particular run, when he got back to the terminal, they had to let him go for left lane violations and speeding tickets. But it seemed to have gone in one ear and out the other because it's one they didn't really actually look into it because with this other particular driver that we're discussing, he's went ahead and continued to keep doing it. It's, it's, so they're just being oblivious to it to where it's all they have to do is check to see this one particular truck number where it goes. And that it can't possibly go 1,200 miles in 16 hours without a stop, without a 10-hour laydown break, and narrow it down to who was driving the truck. They really wanted to find out and get to the bottom of it. That's all they'd have to do. But at this point, I guess they haven't done anything about it. Now, and how, you've been with this particular company yourself for since 2017, correct? It's 2023 now, so six years. Well, not full-time. I, I started out with them in 2017. I would help them out when they would get in a, a bind where they needed a, another driver. I helped them out, but I actually went uh, full-time with them the beginning of July. And now my employment ended uh, last week with, what a, with a one-day notice that they uh, pulled me off the particular run with this gentleman that we were speaking about and put another driver with them. Oh, so you've been terminated since you went in and reported it. Correct. I, I reported it to the BC over a month ago when I was still running with them. But then after I got the final termination last week, last Monday, a week ago today, that's when I went ahead and then pursued it deeper and, 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 and notified everybody involved, the, the, main, co the main company holding the, the, the uh, DOT numbers on the truck for the contractors. Go ahead, repeat that one more time. So it's supposed to be under an investigation right now, but we will see what happens with it. Okay. Um, but you're no longer with the company, correct? That is correct. Okay. Not with that particular contractor. No, I am not. When, when you had actually reported it to the contractor first before you went to the mother company, correct? Correct. Okay. That is correct. So my guess, this is just me trying to put things together. So they knew you at the contractor that you had filed a complaint. And then once the mother company gets involved and they start investigating, obviously then the contractor went, well, we already know who the driver is that probably put in the complaint to the mother company. And therefore that's when you got the ax last week. That would be my guess. Yeah. It's possibly true. Correct. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and they were, they were aware of the first uh, driver back in July when I went, when the first driver uh, brought it to my attention, because I know I wouldn't want to be sleeping in a bunk at nighttime, have someone driving that's exhausted and on Xanax and all that, not knowing if I'm going to wake up and make it home to my family. To me, that's a no, no. I've held my CDL license for 45 years and these guys, the particular guy I'm talking about had his for four or five years. And he's aware of it that if he told me he knows he's not doing the right thing, it's illegal that if he was to get caught, God forbid, he said, hopefully nothing would happen. He knows I would lose my job and he would just go somewhere else to drive. So that was his attitude towards the whole deal. All right. So what do you think of that? I am actually ex like 
my mind is going like 50,000 miles per hour trying to get like with little stuff like how does how does that this you know um, you know me I'm like going through a ton of stuff well just so you know like there's you've got different parties involved you have the driver that called in anonymously mm-hmm. you have the drivers that are breaking the rules okay this little um conspiracy going on inside this company then you have the contractor that has x amount of trucks and then you have this giant company that they're leased onto and so you know i actually i had talked to somebody anonymously and you know i didn't think personally that the mother company would get in trouble because from what I understand, I, and, and even this person I talked to that's real high up in trucking, he said, I doubt the mother trucker, the, the mother trucking company knows what's going on because this company is very tight on every on everything they do. So my guess is it's really the contractor that's doing this. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the mother company, yeah, they wouldn't jeopardize if they're as large as the way you're making it sound, I I wouldn't think that they would jeopardize the whole company. Because if you think about it, the way he had said, he started out driving with this company, you know, the mother company. He started out there and then he started out there and transitioned from, it, it sounded like training with this company and then going to the contractor. So they seem like too big of a company, you know, using your DOT number and using it to those is common. But when you have someone that can actually give you thousands upon thousands of dollars of fines, you know, sure, they could probably afford it. But the big thing is the strike that they'd have against them with the FMCSA and on their their safety uh, compliance that they have with them. They wouldn't want that. Well, and not to mention if they were turning a blind eye to drivers doing that, it's only a matter of time till, you know, trucker Bob is logged in under trucker Tom and he, and he wipes out and kills a whole family mm-hmm. and they go, wait a second, it's saying trucker Tom was driving, but really trucker Bob is the CDL holder that was driving and then... If they find out that the main company knew, then there's a a crap storm going to come down on them. So I doubt they did know, but like this guy told me that's really high up in trucking because he's been involved in a lot of litigations, he said it doesn't really matter if the main company knows. They're still going to be liable. Oh, yeah. Because it's their job to be monitoring and it's... I, I guess it's cat. It's very catchable. Like the driver was saying, he said, all they got to do is check out these names and, you know, check to see, wow, this guy was at home, but he's logged in yet. Right. You know, he's on, he's, he's at home for a couple of days, but yet he's logged in driving. Something's not adding up. Well, not only that, but you can also, all you have to do is check their, 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 their pay, you know, check their miles, what they're getting paid for. You could look just by looking at that stuff if the driver's been home or took any, t- you know, if taken any downtime, you know what I'm saying? You should be able to say, okay, like you just said, same exact thing. The guy was at home, but yet he just got paid, you know, for being at home. Like you can actually, okay, never mind. You're giving me this look like I, I'm, I'm. No, no, you're. You can catch them that way. Yeah. You can catch it. You know, obviously, you can catch him. In all kind of ways. And, and you know, what I found amazing the most about that interview was he reported it. And after he reported it, now you got to understand, he reported it to the main company. Right. A week later, he was fired. Right. Okay. So, or terminated, whatever the case is. So. And he don't give you why. Well. My, well, he probably doesn't know why. He sounds like, he really sounds kind of innocent, this guy does to me. Um, but my guess is the main company came back to the contractor 
and, you know, had to start the investigation and the contractor most likely, they're the ones that let him go. So my guess is somewhere along the line, unless he ran his mouth to somebody, you know what I'm saying, one of the drivers, but I don't think so. I think it's ironic that he sat down and did a kind of like a deposition with the main company, told them there's, told them what's going on, and he said a week later he's fired and the guy's still there? Yeah, I mean, he he has to know. They can't just say, well, I mean, I know there are certain laws that say that you can fire without a reason, but generally you can ask them what the reasoning is. Well, in what they call right-to-work states, they don't have to give you a reason. They could literally term you for anything. But don't you think that even if it's a right-to-work, that they should at least be able to... They can't just say you're fired. Can't give... I don't even need to tell you why. Yes. That, no, that's what... That's what that means. A, a right-to-work state means they can terminate you at any time for any reason. It's, it's like the total opposite of being in the union. You know, do you, they do not have to give you reason to terminate you. You would think that, that with all the ways of thinking these days, you know, like how everybody has their rights, no one can get offended, all this, that, that would still not be a law. You know what I mean? It is what it is. So anyways, to make a long story short, he called me um, yesterday. Uh Now, I just did, I did the interview about a week ago. Okay. And he called me yesterday and said, hey, when's that interview going to be up? And I told him probably this coming week. Mm -hmm. And he said, I want to tell you that if I find out nothing has been done yet, about, I guess, what's going on over there. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to come back on the show and I'm going to give names, company, drivers, contractor. He said, I'm going to just spill it all. Ooh. Exactly. So 100%, I'm, you know, I'm I'm ready for it. You know, that's up to him. <laughs> if he wants to come on. You know what? To be honest with you, if, the, if he's telling the truth, what, what has he got to lose? You know, I mean, yeah, um, they may never, you know, give him another job and, and they may say bad things about him, but he can get it. Then he could sue them for slander. Yeah. And he, he also can, I'm sure, get a job with another company that's just as respectable or better. Well, I guess that remains to be seen. So anyways, drivers, write in and let us know what you think about that. You know, or, you know, to be honest with you, I always knew about teams using each other's hours. I mean, that's no secret, Mm -hmm. but I'd never heard of a company that is now, again, it's not the company. I guess it's the contractor. Like he, he was saying probably knows that the drivers are logging in under other drivers names that are not even in the truck using their hours. Yeah, but they still got to get their own miles. So that's what I'm saying. When, when, if you're sitting there, if I'm working in the one department, like pay, and I see someone turning in a ton of miles all the time because they're running a lot of miles versus. But if you work in that company, you're part of it, Ruth. And the other I know, side. that's what I'm saying. It's just like the well, whole thing. The only one that really can catch them is probably the mother company if they check into the records. And that's exactly, you know, what has to be done. But either right. way, either way, write in, let us know. I mean, I know there's some drivers out there saying, well, you know, what's the big deal? I mean, honestly. The big deal when the guy that sat there and has logged on to someone else's miles for an extra, I don't know, five mile or five hours. So they're now driving 15, maybe working on a little bit of 18 hours and they're exhausted. Kill someone that you might care for. That's when it's going to be a big deal. Well, exactly. And then they have to pay out, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars and blah, blah, blah. So either way, I guess we'll see, you know, if uh, he comes back on and wants to give out the company name and, 
everything that goes with it, that's up to him. We, we welcome him. wonder if he's going to the FMCSA at all. Um, you know what? He did mention that. He did mention that he called DOT, but he couldn't get a hold of the right people. Um, I gave him a name or two. You know, I mean, it is what it is. So, you know, the other thing is where I would be mad at if it was me. I'd be mad that you just took some of my hours. Do you understand? Like if if you log into my, if I'm off for the day and you log in and, and take four hours off me or six hours off me, that's six hours that I can't drive now for the week. You just log somebody else on those six hours. So you've actually taken away driving hours from me. That's what he said. He said this guy took, I think he said three or five hours from him. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. That's yeah. the part that would upset me the most. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So anyways, we'll see. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. So I've got an interesting article, Ruthann. Is this the Slippery States? Yes. I want to tell you something. This, most of this stuff doesn't surprise me, okay? But the thing that did surprise me was the number one state with the most deaths. Okay. And I will almost guarantee that everybody listening to me right now is not, has not guessed it. Now, is this a death with the slippery streets? Yeah, just, it's, okay. it's what it is. It's a list of driving fatalities in winter driving okay. conditions. Okay. okay. Like, um, and here's what, here's, it breaks it down a little. It's, it's by state, uh, total amount, it's total amount of fatalities, average number of annual fatalities per 100 below freezing days. You hear me? For every 100 days of below freezing is how they graded this. And then they also have the rank of annual fatalities, again, um, for every 100 days below uh, freezing, meaning the amount of fatalities and then you're ranked, okay? It's, it's amazing. Wait till you hear this. Okay. So I'm going to start off with the number 10 state that has... Now, this is, this is just total fatalities of bad weather driving, okay? Texas is number 10. They have 88 deaths for this um, period. Number nine is Colorado. Hmm. Now, go back to Texas for a second. Why why Texas? The panhandle. Well, not just the panhandle. They get freezing even down to Houston. Like, there's times where they get below 32. Here's the difference. Extremely rare. But it's it's the it's the the ice, yeah, right. Yes. And they can't handle that usually because they don't expect it or accustomed to it. Okay, so number seven or number um, number eight is Minnesota with 123 deaths. And number seven is Indiana with 123 deaths. So they're tied for seven and eight, basically. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin's at number six with 132 deaths. Illinois with 135 deaths. Ohio at number four for 172 deaths. New York with 183 deaths comes in at number three. Number two would be Pennsylvania, our alma mater with 197 deaths. Number one is Michigan with 282 deaths. Wow. Now, now understand this. Michigan, obviously, in one year's time, is below freezing the entire year. Right. Right. I understand. Texas is not. You're not going to get 100 days below 32 in Texas in one year. Mm -hmm. So this is going by every 100 Days of freezing weather where there's winter driving 
wet, uh, conditions. Yeah, not yearly, but by day, the days itself. Look, look for example, I want to go back to Texas for a second. Um, do you remember like two, three years ago that all the famous video of all of everybody sliding in Dallas, right? right. It was just insane. I mean, there was people wrecking and people were killed. Mm-hmm. That is such a great example of why Texas is even in here. But it takes Texas more than one year to get 100 days of freezing. So what they're doing, again, is they're going by per 100 days of freezing. So with that being said, the number one state per 100 days, Texas is number one. They have, for every 100 days, their average is 48.8 deaths. That's the most in a 100-day period. Does that make sense? So you're going by 100 days consistence of deaths, and with the ice and the conditions of the road, 100 days of weather being the, the reasoning. Right. So it's a four-year study period. Okay. Yes. And in that four years, Michigan compiled 282 deaths, while Texas only did 88 deaths. Right, because they were going by the, the weather, right? The ice. Yeah, it's, that's, that's because in four years, that's how many people died from winter weather driving in Michigan in four years, 282. Texas, it was 88. But... When you go and you look at the 100-day period, you understand? Not the four-year period. The last 100 days of below-freezing weather, Michigan only had 37 deaths in the last 100 days of winter driving, below 32. So they've gotten better. I don't know if they got... Yeah, and and that may be it. You may be right. It may be because... That, like you said before, you know, this your southern states are never ready for it. I went on to read this little article here. It says, here, let me read this to you. Is it normal for Texas to get ice? It says, Texas gets ice. Now, wait one second. Let me, let me do something here since I'm... It says, Texas gets ice, uh, gets more ice storms than snow because when a cold front advances south... The cold air is not that deep. So rain that falls above the cold air level freezes as it passes through the cold air layer and hits the ground as freezing rain or sleet. Then the next question was, um, how about 2023, the farmer's almanac? Okay, this is what, you know, weather people are saying, which you never know if they're going to be right or right. It says, Texas is set to change as the almanac predicts the return of the cold, perhaps sooner than expected. In addition to cold weather, Texas could experience a few storms with potential for ice and sleet, which are common in Texas. With the possibility of a major storm slated for mid-January, according to the Farmer's Almanac. So the reason, which would you would be right, the reason why Texas probably has more deaths is because they're just cruising along, no, no salts. I don't, I don't know if they salt or cinder. Like, like where we're from in Pennsylvania, they already know the weather's coming. They already have the salt trucks out, the cinder trucks out, and they're trying to keep the roads from being too slick so people don't get killed. In fact, now in Pennsylvania, you see that they even shut the interstates down with any kind of a snow warning exactly. they, yeah. for big trucks. Yeah, and that might be why um, Michigan has now dropped in theirs because of the fact that they are taking that extra precaution now. But I, the, do they use sand, the southern states, like Georgia and, and South Carolina and North Carolina when they start getting hit with it? Don't they use sand or something like I that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, they might. I might have heard that too, but I, I don't know for sure what they what they do. But we do know that when, you know, in the south, I mean, you, you, can't, you can't blame it on southern people because, you know, you may go five years without any snow, or something slippery, like in the Carolinas and, 
you know, even down as far as Georgia, I, we've seen it get slippery and people getting in bad accidents. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee's another state. Kentucky. Well, Kentucky's noted for some snow. Not a lot. But bottom line is most of your southern states aren't ready. And, you know, you almost think that they would keep that stuff on hand just in case. But I don't know. I, I don't know. But anyways, let me just kind of read this to you on the rankings. And so Texas was number number one, literally, with um, the amount of deaths. And uh, Colorado, they only came in at 11 deaths. Wow. Yeah, per 100. Um, Minnesota only came in at 14. Indiana, 20. Um, Wisconsin, 17. Illinois, 21. Ohio, 28. Uh, New York, 27, Pennsylvania, 34. And, of course, Michigan is is actually, Michigan is number two on that scale. Let me just look at something here. Yeah, Michigan was number two on the scale of per, under 100, you know, per 100 days of below freezing. And Pennsylvania is number three on the 100. I hope I'm not confusing anybody. I think you might have, but you know, but it's, we're all going with it. Well, like I said, you, you got the to, you you had the total amount of fatalities, and then you had the per 100 below freezing over a four year, and then 100 days of freezing. That is correct. That's exactly what it was. It's kind of it's it's data that they that they that they gather, and they look at. You know, um, it's interesting that that Texas has more deaths for. You know the the days of of that they're under thirty two degrees. They have way more deaths than anybody, and it's because truly it's not snow. Like your northern states, like you said, Pennsylvania. What do they deal with snow? What does Michigan deal with snow? They all deal with snow, and sometimes they get icy conditions. I get that, but Texas, they are they're main they're mainly dealing with ice. Yeah, the freezing ice, the black ice. That right. kind of stuff. And, and you know, Colorado, they're just, they it starts getting nasty weather out. They're all like, no, we're just going to stay in here. We're not going to go out. We're, we're just going to stay in here, get warm, get a little high. Who cares about going outside now? <laughs> so how about the number one state? You know, the number, this it's kind of not fair. Some of them, like the rankings, like D.C., the District of Columbia, in in the hundred day, now it's kind of weird because they get some crappy weather. You know, I mean, they're between D.C. or they're between Virginia and Maryland, and right below Pennsylvania there. But D.C. is ranked for every hundred, they only have point four. It's because they usually all may use the public transportation. They're all using those little subway thingies. Okay, but anyway, so um, and of course Hawaii isn't even ranked, but. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyways, um, uh, what about Alaska? Um, Alaska. I didn't even look at Alaska, but here I'll, I'll kind of give you a couple numbers. Florida is only five point five for below freezing. Every and I wonder how many how many days, how many years it took to gather a hundred days of. Freezing weather in Florida, which I imagine the panhandle is probably where that's going on more. But um, Delaware is at 1.2. And, you know, that's only because Delaware is as big as, like, our county. Um, Rhode Island is, you would think Rhode Island would be more. But for every 100 days under freezing, they only average 1.2 deaths in in the state of Rhode Island. It's because they all want to stay in bed, too. They don't want to get out. And they're ranked number 48. Um, Mississippi, 2.9. These are obviously southern states. Well, except for Rhode Island and Delaware, they're not southern states. Um, Nevada is only 1.1 deaths, but they don't, don't they have snow in the mountains? Nevada? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they they take their time up there. 1.1 winter driving deaths in Nevada for every 100 days under freezing. Louisiana's 9.2. So them crazy Cajuns. Actually, I'm kind of really surprised on that one. Yeah, they no, got, no they got 9.2. Off. 
Arizona, 2.2. And you know, Flagstaff up in that northern Arizona area gets gets some good con- winter conditions. You know, I wonder if the reason Louisiana is that is because they're not used to doing their airboats on ice. What? Was this supposed to be a joke? Yes, it was. <laughs> because they, because they're out gator hunting. No, they're just out in the bayous with the airboats. Heel, heel. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Um, uh, Alabama's at four point six, which is another southern state. Georgia's five point two. South Carolina's five point two. California eight point six, and they have some northern driving. In, yeah, Vermont two point one. That's a surprise. Vermont for every. I mean, what's really weird about Vermont, I don't know if it's still the same, but on Sundays, there was no state police ever on duty when I was younger. Because we used to do 100 all the way up 91 to get up to New Hampshire. We would do 100, right around 100 miles an hour all the way through Vermont, except for when we were going through like Hartford and um, Brattleboro. But other than that, we were cranking it like at 100 mile an hour to get to the top. And you'd never see a statey because it was a Sunday. I'm serious. When I was younger. But... Isn't that weird? Vermont is a very snowy state, and they only have 2.1 deaths per days of under, under oh gosh, it's a weird number. 2.1 deaths for every 100 days under freezing. Well, that's because of the fact that they're used to the snow and ice, so they're not caught off guard near as much. And when it is, when they do have the accident, it's probably because a moose stepped out in front of them. And they went, hey, y'all. And the, and the driver's going like, oh, my gosh, it's a moose. And they, that's when they had the, the accident, you know. Jeez, got to use your mind here. Um, that's, <laughs> that's not what's going on. Here, Alaska. Now, this one's going to blow your mind. Alaska, for every 100 days under, for every 100 days under freezing temperatures, winter driving, Alaska. The amount of deaths, 2.4. Oh, I was going to say 2.3. Oh, my gosh. I should have said it louder. But that's kind of crazy, isn't it? Like, I guess, they now they're used to winter conditions. Exactly. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's because people are more adapted and, and used to it. The roads are a little bit more taken care of to be handling the snow and the ice and so forth. So, you know, those... States that we really think that would be higher are not because of those reasons. Then you get down further in like Louisiana, where they don't get the ice, except for every now and then. And those crazy people, I know what it is. It's the northerners coming down to Louisiana, driving through the state of Louisiana, thinking they're never going to get any ice and snow here, and losing it because they're in a different area and they didn't expect to have it icy. Um, I don't know. That's a good logical way of thinking. Yes, you're full of logic today, Rethan. <laughs> it's because you're not expecting it. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, what do you got for us today? Um, well, I have Iowa as a place to visit. I know from hearing other people talk about it, they like to go to see different kinds of cars and so forth. So in Knoxville, Iowa... There's the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. It's the only museum in the world dedicated to the history of sprint car racing next to one of the country's most historic dirt tracks. So I know at one point there used to be tons of people that were big into racing like this. So that was one of the places that I A lot of truckers are. Well, yeah. What town was that in? Um, Knoxville, Iowa. Knoxville, Iowa drivers. The next place is in Amana, Iowa, and that is called Ronberg Restaurant. It was once a communal kitchen, now serves heaping portions of hearty German fare. Hmm, nice. So it's an old German restaurant, huh? Yep. So they serve all kind of things, like schnitzer something. It can or schnitzer. Should be in every German dish, right? Schnitzer or Schnitzer is a, is is basically pounded meat. That's is it really breaded? Oh, all right. Well, like yeah. I think you know over at Epcot, what's what's the thing we get the uh, the brats? 
Yeah, you like you really like those brats there, and I think it's come more because of the bread. It's no, actually, the bread's gigantic. It's bigger than the brat, but you know, it's still pretty good. You're right. Well, they definitely have, um, like they have here, um, pork tenderloin with gravy and fries, and um, just a ton of different types of food that. You know, thinking about, you know, what drivers, what does everybody like to do is eat a good home-cooked meal. So this is kind of close to what you're going to get. They, um, I think they've been open since 1950 is what I was seeing. So go visit it in Amana, Iowa. Sounds awesome. Visit it, drivers. Ruth then you know, the drivers are probably, actually one driver had wrote in, and had talked about, you know, you doing this for them. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And he said, hey, this is a really good thing she's doing, you know, for the trucking industry, you know. Um, so I guess you got a bunch of drivers that are, you know, probably writing these things down. And, you know, honestly and truly, if you're going to be out there, you know, someday you're someday you're going to retire. And, you know, it would be nice to be able to look back and at least know you've took a few moments out of your, your busy schedule driving, you know, especially on, you know how easy it would be when you're on your layover, Ruth Ann, if you're near one of these places that you're mentioning to catch an Uber and to just go visit it for a couple hours, mm-hmm. kind of get out of the truck and, and just, you know, get yourself refreshed for a couple hours. Um, it'd be great for a memory also. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you're by yourself or even if you have a family member with you. Absolutely. Do you have anything else? Um, that was the only two I have for Iowa. Oh, okay, perfect. And what about the word of the day? Word of the day by word genius is, are you ready for it? Appetency. Appetency. Appetency? Appetency. A-P-P-E-T-E-N-C-Y. Appetency. It means a longing or desire, a natural tendency or affinity. Hmm. Appetency. Appetency. Okay, nice. I'll have to use that word hmm. in a sentence. Um, I will use it now in the examples. Let's hear it. My grandfather passed along his appetency for woodworking and carving. Ice cream topped with pickles was the strangest appetency that she had during her pregnancy. You know, it's funny. Our daughter the other night, she we have a, a dish in our family. It's called what? Red noodles. Red noodles. So when they were little kids, it's kind of like a goulash dish that we would make. It's a very simple dish we would make for the kids. And instead of like a goulash or macaroni or whatever, our, our middle-aged daughter, Hunter, coined the term... Red noodles. Red noodles. Will you make me some red noodles? <laughs> so anyways, so all the kids grew up with the term red noodles. Well, Rebecca, the other night, I came walking down to the kitchen, and she was making what? Hot dogs. And red. she was mixing it in with what? Red noodles. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the... So her appetency yep. for red noodles and hot dogs mm-hmm. is going to end with her. Yep. <laughs> None of us are going to eat that. She said it wasn't that bad. I'm just going to give her this look like, uh, all right, you know, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. But she, she said, I got this craving for like hot dogs and we, she, we don't crave hot dogs that often and we only get like the all beef ones. So we don't even have like the mixtured ones. So she just came out and she goes, mom, do we have hot dogs? I'm like, if there's none in the refrigerator, there will be some in the freezer because we usually always have something because of the grandbabies, you know? Yeah. But, yep, that's what we had to bust them apart so she can have her appetency. Yeah, she had it. Hey, good good ending, right? Perfect. We're out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.